0: I'm Samantha Sherris. I'm Elizabeth Troutman. And this is The Daily Signal top news for Tuesday, March 28th. Here are today's headlines. (music) House Speaker Kevin McCarthy sent a letter to President Biden this morning about the debt limit. McCarthy wrote, With each passing day, I am incredibly concerned that you are putting an already fragile economy in jeopardy by insisting upon your extreme position of refusing to negotiate any meaningful changes to out-of-control government spending alongside an increase of the debt limit. McCarthy also wrote, Your position, if maintained, could prevent America from meeting its obligations and hold dire ramifications for the entire nation. McCarthy also laid out some negotiations, including reducing excessive non-defense government spending to pre-inflationary levels and limiting out-year growth, reclaiming unspent COVID funds that have sat dormant for over two years, and also strengthening work requirements for those without dependents who can work, as was enacted under President Bill Clinton and which you voted for as a United States senator. The Hill reports that White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said overnight, before the letter was sent, that it's time for Republicans to stop playing games, agree to pass a clean debt ceiling bill, and quit threatening to wreak havoc on our economy. Jean-Pierre also said, And if they want to have a conversation about our nation's economic and fiscal future, it's time for them to put out a budget as the president has done with his detailed plan to grow the economy, lower costs, and reduce the deficit by nearly $3 trillion. Homeland
1: Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee today, where he faced a slew of questions about the state of the southern border. Senator John Cornyn of Texas asked Mayorkas about the fentanyl crisis. Here's the exchange via the Daily Caller's Twitter.
2: Mr. Secretary, would you like to take the opportunity here today to apologize to these parents who lost their children because of fentanyl poisoning because of the policies of your department and the Biden administration? Would you like to apologize to them? Senator, my heart is with the family of every victim of a drug overdose death. Is that an apology? My heart is with the family and the loved ones and the friends and so neighbors. So why don't you do, of do every, something about it of, ev- of every victim of these drug overdose deaths? Attorney General Garland and, said this is and, part of a comprehensive strategy by the cartels to flood these drugs into the United States by overwhelming border patrol. You're clearly we, losing that battle and we, you won't even apologize to these we, parents like we, so many other parents who have lost their teenage children. counterfeit drugs laced with fentanyl. We are bringing unprecedented force in the fight against And you're losing.
1: Republican lawmakers have called for impeaching Mayorkas for many reasons, notably for allegedly lying under oath to Congress, intentionally making the border less secure, opening the border for political gain, and for sparking a humanitarian crisis. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas asked Mayorkas numerous times if there's a border crisis. Here's what he said via the Washington Free Beacon.
2: Is there a crisis at our southern border? Senator, uh, there is a very significant... That's a yes or no question. There's a very significant... Is there a crisis? Senator, there's a very significant challenge... I think your your microphone is not on. There is a very significant challenge that we are facing. Yes or no, the is there a border. crisis? I believe I've addressed that question. So you're suddenly. refusing to answer? Senator, uh, there is a very significant challenge. and Will we you are answer if there's a crisis? Therefore, we are dedicating the resources. Okay, so you're refusing we- to answer. Well, Secretary Mayorkas, I'll tell you someone who is willing to answer, which is your and President Biden's chief of the Border Patrol in a sworn deposition in July of 2022 when asked, would you agree, Chief Ortiz, that the southern border is currently in crisis? Answer, yes. Notice none of those wiggle words, none of that equivocation. One word, one syllable, yes. Are you willing to speak with the same clarity as Chief Ortiz? Is there a crisis at our southern border? Yes or no? Senator, I'm very proud to work alongside. So you refuse support. to answer.
0: The U.S. is not just in a competition with the Chinese Communist Party, but also in a conflict, a leading hawk on China and Republican senator says. Florida Senator Marco Rubio said at an event here at the Heritage Foundation this morning that we are in a conflict, a geopolitical conflict, a diplomatic conflict, a societal conflict, a technological, a commercial, a trade, at every level and frankly, certainly a military competition when it comes to capabilities. Rubio added, we are in a conflict with a nation state that doesn't just seek to replace us, and doesn't just seek to be the most powerful nation in the world, they seek to reorient the world. Let's take a listen to some of Rubio's remarks via the Heritage Foundation's Twitter.
3: China's been a rich and powerful country, but they have gotten richer and faster at our expense, not because of what they did, but because of what we did, because of what we allowed to have happened, because of this viewpoint that we had. It's okay if all these jobs leave America. They'll be replaced by better jobs. These jobs will pay more the infamous go learn how to write code. Well, it didn't work out that way. People didn't get up in their 40s and go learn how to write code. And if they did, maybe they're being laid off right now because all the tech companies are laying people off and collapsing their banks. But the fact of the matter is that people didn't do it. They didn't leave. But what it did collapse is their communities. It did wipe out good-paying jobs. It also wiped out, by the way, all the other anchors that come with it. So when a community collapses because jobs disappear, don't you don't just leave people behind untethered like nothing to give the grounding to their everyday life because they're not just consumers. You know, they're also, there's dignity attached to that work. But you also destroy the PTA and the Little League and you destroy the churches and you destroy all those things that make community, community and you leave people behind in despair. But it's also left us with a vulnerable economy. So if you look at our economy today and people brag about our GDP, but our economy, GDP, but our economy is basically built on two sectors, predominant, finance, And services. And there's nothing wrong with finance and there's nothing wrong with services. The problem is that in a time of conflict, what matters more, the ability to fuel your economy or the ability to, you know, find some app that will deliver food to your house?
0: The Florida lawmaker also said we have to also wake up to the reality that we are in a geopolitical conflict between two very different models of human relations and the world. Our colleague Mary Margaret Olehan reports that the suspect
1: in the stabbing Saturday of a Senate staffer in broad daylight in Northeast Washington was released from prison a scant 24 hours earlier. Authorities had sentenced the suspect, 42-year-old Glenn Neal, to 12 years and four months in prison in 2011 for compelling two North Carolina women to engage in prostitution through the use of threats, according to a Justice Department report. That report describes how Neal was convicted on charges of pandering, procuring, and compelling a person to live a life of prostitution against her will. Neal was released from prison on Friday, WTTG-TV reported, after spending almost 12 years behind bars. Shortly after his release, Neal stood accused of stabbing a man identified by WRC-TV as Philip Todd, a staffer for Republican Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. The stabbing took place near the 1300 block of H Street Northeast, about a seven-minute drive from Union Station and Capitol Hill. The Metropolitan Police Department said in a release that the stabbing victim, Todd, was transported to a local hospital for treatment of life-threatening injuries after police were dispatched to the 1300 block of H Street Northeast for the report of a stabbing around 5.30 p.m. on Saturday night. Neal has been charged with assault with intent to kill with a knife a motive for the attack,
0: is not known. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to The Daily Signal's top news. If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our morning show right
1: here in this podcast feed, where we interview lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices.
0: Join us tomorrow morning for The Daily Signal interview edition. Rob Louie will be sitting down with Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks on his journey from becoming a police officer to a state representative. Also, make sure you
1: subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts. And help us reach more listeners
0: by leaving us five-star rating and review. We read all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great night, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow morning.
2: The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation.